Hi friends, welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. I'm so thankful that you're taking the time to listen today. You can find my podcast on iTunes at Faithful Podcast by Stephanie Baker or on my website, faithfulpodcast.podbean.com. If you like the podcast, please leave me an honest review on my iTunes channel. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. Also, I want to encourage you to check out my husband, Phil Baker's podcast, Reclaiming the Faith, where he explores what the earliest Christians believed and how that relates to the core issues that we face today. It's been such a blessing to me and so many others, so please check it out. Also, you should check out his new CD, The Shadows EP. You can get it from philsbaker.com or on iTunes. My guest for this episode is Allison Greaves. Allison is from the UK and has served with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, Marameo, for 12 years alongside my sister Leanna, who was featured in my last episode. She will share with us about trying to remain faithful through the loss of a parent in a most horrific way. I hope that this episode is a blessing to you as you try to faithfully follow Jesus. Hey, Allie. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Hi, no problem. Glad you're here. Um, So I am really excited to talk to you about um, a lot of the different things that you've been through, but particularly with the area of forgiveness. Um, So first off, let's start by, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? I can, yeah. I am British, for a start, as you can tell by my wonderful accent. I am the youngest. That's not fake. (laughs) It's all real, baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm the youngest of a family of four children, and I have been a missionary in Mozambique for the last 12 years, and will continue to be so for who knows how long. And I'm the mum of two Mozambican twins who are 10 years old. Very cool. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you became a Christian. Well, I don't really have a big conversion story. I can't really put my finger on a particular time or date when I made a decision. But I think I've, um, I was raised as a Christian and I've always believed it to some extent. But I like to think I've always had what is a healthy amount of questions and doubts along the side of that too. Okay. Um, But I think I was raised by my parents to think and care about those who are worse off than me, and they they modelled a very active faith for me, and I think that my own faith became real as it became more practical. Um, You know, Bible teaching and Bible studies and sermons, they were all very well, but I needed more practical demonstrations, more arms and legs on the concept of who God is for Mm -hmm. me to fully understand it. So it sounds terribly cliche, but I think I saw this disconnect um, even as a child and definitely as a teenager between this kind of middle-class British lifestyle that I was leading and, I hate to say it, but starving children in Africa um, and the kind of lives that they were leading. I know it's kind of 
um, overdone, but it felt very unacceptable to me that there were people literally starving in the world and we were just kind of carrying on as if everything was fine and living our own little lives and not really doing anything about that. It really didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I think um, from a very early age, God did make sense to me through the idea of us all being called to do something about that and to help those who are poor, whether that's spiritually poor or emotionally poor or physically poor. Um, And I think even though I had a kind of slight inkling that that might be difficult to do, I think it was the only way that God felt real to me and my faith grew and and, um, kind of solidified as I was learning how to put that into action. That's really good. Um, I think think that's good that you saw your faith grow and you saw more of an understanding of Jesus developing over time. I think that's um, that's probably what a lot of us have felt or many people have that um, in in serving others and in um, being active in the sharing of your your faith, you saw you grew in your own faith. Yeah, it was a process. Yeah, that's great. So, can you remember an early example of forgiveness in your family? Um, well, I have two older brothers um, who have different learning disabilities, and one of them in particular, he has Prader-Willi syndrome. And part of that uh, syndrome is that he really struggles with his relationships and he can, he can have some very challenging behaviour, very, um, very difficult behaviour. And he is adopted and as can be common with some kids who are adopted, um, who was abandoned by his birth mum and he ends up um, pushing back a lot to his adopted mum. He rejected my mom in many, many different ways over the years or has um, yeah, pushed her to the limits in many different ways. But every time I saw in her this commitment to him, this refusal to give up on their relationship and mm-hmm. refusal to, um, yeah, to let that die and this continuing to forgive him time and time and time over and over and over again mm-hmm. and to embrace him as her son and as part of our family. And yeah, it made a big impact on me, I think, to see that right there in front of me happening over and over again, all through my childhood. Yeah, that's, that's really kind of beautiful. Like that's, that's a lot of how we relate to God, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We kind of don't, don't get what we've been given. Yeah. And, you know, your mom obviously had nothing to do with um, your brother's start on life or anything like that, but just, uh, loves unconditionally mm-hmm. and um that's that's really beautiful um so tell me uh, or tell us what happened on christmas eve 2012 well so i live in mozambique as a missionary but i was home for the holidays um i got back to the uk just a few days before christmas eve and i had um spent those days with my family i was in my parents house on christmas eve And we have a tradition of going to a Christmas Eve midnight service to let in Christmas Day. And uh, I don't want you to think that I'm old before my time or anything, Stephanie. I'm still young. I've still got it. But that particular Christmas Eve, all of us were kind of like, oh, I'm just going to go to bed (laughs) at like 10 p.m. or something. We were like, never mind. We'll just go to church on Christmas Day. But my father had a commitment of um, playing the organ during that Christmas Eve service so he went alone so he left the house at about 11 
Um, and we all went to bed and, and then we were woken up by the police banging on the door telling us we needed to go to the hospital because they'd found my father on the side of the road um, and he had a very severe head injury. So when we went to the hospital and found him, he had been really very badly beaten um, all over his body and had very severe head injuries. He was in a coma and could no longer respond to us in any way. And uh, he he stayed in that coma until he died three days later. Mm. So after that, there was a huge police murder investigation um, where they... Yeah, <laughs> it was very unpleasant. They asked a lot of questions and they, um, yeah, the whole thing was very traumatic. And then they eventually uh, caught two men who had, um, who had, yeah, were responsible for murdering my dad. Mm. Um, and that went to trial. We learned lots of kind of details of the attack through the trial. We were shown park railings and blood spatters and the weapons that we used and the injuries that they inflicted and we also learned about the killers and their lives and they were just two young guys really in their early 20s they lived very close to where my parents lived in fact their kids went to the school that my father was a volunteer at he probably knew them and had probably mm. um yeah interacted with them a lot at school um and yeah life went on from there really gosh that's just I mean that's just so unreal for most of us and something that like we can't really fathom um but I think that uh your mom's response in particular um caught a lot of people's attention so um what was your mom's response yeah, I mean, my mum was heartbroken, obviously. She was absolutely um, devastated. She and my dad had a really good marriage. It was obviously, they're human beings, it was not perfect, but they had a really good friendship, a really good marriage. They did a lot together. Um, my dad had just retired, and so they were spending a lot of time together, um, and they had a lot of plans. So she was, she was very um, heartbroken when he died. But right from the beginning, she very publicly forgave the two guys who, mm. had, who had killed my dad. Um, she was very clear and to them and to their families and to anybody who would listen, really, that these two men were also made in the image of God, that there was God in there somewhere in them also. And she released them from what they'd done, and she prayed and she hoped that one day they would also um, find the love and the forgiveness um, that God can offer them. I, I remember hearing about your your mom's response, and I'm, I'm I know that um, like your mom is a lot more vocal <laughs> than than you are. You're pretty private. You're more quiet. Um, but that was just so, just so um, so much what God like would have would have wanted in that situation. Um, so how do you feel like your mom's reaction is similar to your own? Well, I think I also had to choose that forgiveness. I had to choose to forgive those guys. And um, sometimes, like, I tell the story of my mum forgiving them and it sounds so easy and it sounds so, like, yeah, blasé. Like, oh, she just forgave them and everything was fine. But she was devastated and so was I. I really liked my dad <laughs> a yeah. lot. He was a really quiet and gentle guy, but he was always ready to stick up for those who needed it. I remember, I have clear memories of him 
um, really defending people when they needed defending. Um, and he was a very compassionate person. And I miss him a lot. And I think the hard thing for me was that I knew that my kids, who were only four at the time, they probably wouldn't really ever remember him. They wouldn't ever really know him in the way that I had. And I felt really robbed of that, that my kids wouldn't have this grandfather, this this guy who I loved so much and I knew he had so much to offer them. And I knew that, yeah, that they wouldn't have that. So it was it was not an easy choice to make to forgive them. Um, but I think I learned more and more about them, these two men and their stories through the trial and through our interaction with the police. Um, and I realised that they had had a really broken childhood themselves a really violent childhood and a violent life um that their father actually had 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 terrorized them um in comparison to my father who had protected me and raised me with love and affection and I think um it gave me just this tiny little smidgen of compassion for them I don't want you to think that I was like oh it's fine now <laughs> since you had a sad childhood you can murder my father no problem it wasn't like that it was hard but I felt like I had this tiny little bit of compassion for them which um, I hung on to and it helped me to realize just how much I had to be thankful for like I said I had a great dad mm. and I knew that he loved me and that he liked me um, and I think for some reason, I didn't really go down that route of thinking, you know, why him? Why did this happen to my dad? He was such a good person. Why did it happen to us when we are such, <laughs> you know, we are trying to follow God as a family? I knew that my dad loved God and felt loved by God. And I knew that now he was with God in, in the fullness of that. And, um, I think I don't, I hesitate sometimes to say this because I feel like people might think I'm being callous about the death of my father. But honestly, I felt like in many ways, if it hadn't have been my father, then who would it have been? Who could it have been? It could have been someone who was not ready to to meet Jesus. It could have been someone, it could have happened to a family who were not able to forgive and who would have been like crushed by that hatred or um, yeah, captive to that all their lives. It could have been um, something that happened to a family who didn't have God to help them through it. So in many ways, um, I felt like it was it was better that it would happen to my dad, who I know would would be with God, who I knew had had a great life and who knew that he was loved by his family and hadn't left any unresolved issues or any areas... Um, yeah, that we're going to be a problem in, in our family's future, that, um, yeah, in, in some ways it was God's grace. Wow. Um, that, that's a really remarkable way of looking at such a, a dark situation. Um, and I think that's, um, that's encouraging to so many people because I think it's natural to ask that question of why us? or why me, but um, I think that you put it really beautifully, that um, that your dad had lived this life that was leaving nothing behind, and um, having done so much with the yeah. time he was given, and really loving his family well, and loving Jesus well, 
And um, I think that's, that's just really remarkable. So the story captured national attention. And um, I'm just curious, why do, you, why do you feel like that? That was the case. Yeah, it was a really big <laughs> news story at the time, which none of us were expecting. Um, but I think it was partly the timing. It was because it happened on Christmas Eve and it was a completely unprovoked attack like they didn't steal anything from him or you know it was they just seemed to beat him to death and disappear Mm. so it was very difficult for people to understand what had happened and why it happened it was difficult for us to understand why it had taken place but I think my mum's very public response of um, wanting to forgive these guys was a really radical story for people at the time um and even until today it's not an instinctive response for us as human beings we want revenge or we want justice or we want things to happen in the way that we we yeah we expect them to happen and it's not easy to offer forgiveness to people when they've hurt you so badly so I think it wasn't what people were expecting at all it Mm -hmm. wasn't the common response and so it was something that was reported on quite a, quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's there's there's been a very few stories that I can think of over the years of some kind of terrible like act of violence mm. or something where the family of the victim or victims have responded in that way. Like, yeah, um, I don't know if it was something that was talked about in England, but there was a story with um, an Amish schoolhouse where they were attacked. And the families, the Amish families were like, we forgive you. And yeah. it was a huge deal because it's not natural. It isn't. <laughs> it isn't. Yeah. And I think um, my mom is not a shy person, Stephanie. <laughs> she's, yeah, she likes to talk with people and she's a, a born evangelist. So I think um, she was very happy to talk to reporters and, um, yeah, the public about about God and about how it through him, she was able to forgive these people and through, yeah, through God's grace working yeah. in her, she was able to do that. And I think for her, that was also a very healing process. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, so what were some of the effects of the faithfulness that your mom showed in forgiving? And how has God been faithful to your family? Have you seen that? Well, to be honest, God's yeah God's faithfulness through the whole experience was is just really overwhelming. I know that as our as a wider family, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, I feel like we as a family grew tighter through that experience, grew closer. And I think there was a lot of God's faithfulness in that as well, being able to let go of any minor things and just pull together at a time like that. Um but there was also loads of unexpectedly good things that came out of my father's death. God really brought health and freedom and life for a lot of people. Um, One example of that is that we asked for, um, instead of people buying flowers for the funeral, um, which is very common, people instead donated money so that we could build a laboratory in Mozambique where we are. Um, Mm. So the laboratory is used to diagnose and treat malaria, which is something that a lot of people have in my area of Mozambique. Um, they get very sick a lot of people die from it and so this idea that we could build something that would be able to bring health and life to people to Mm. to stop them from dying from something 
out of my father's death was really special to us, very encouraging and just a just a great example of the way that God redeems situations. Um, and the money that came in was not just from my family and friends who went to the funeral, but complete and utter strangers who I've ne- <laughs> never met before and who have no obligation to my family or to Mozambique or any interest really in Mozambique were just pouring out offerings to us. Just moved by yeah, the situation. it was so humbling and just really, um, yeah, a real example of how, how, how God moves in situations like that. Mm. Um, my parents also ran, and my mum still does, run a food bank and a charity shop in their area. And again, people just, there was an outpouring of equipment and donations and um, they were just able to help so many more people now. And it just made me um, realize that although kind of the enemy worked that this one person lost his life, mm-hmm. when God moves, just so many people were affected for good through that. So many people um, found their lives. And my mom, as I said, she was um, very happy to share her story <laughs> in newspapers and on the radio, but also in churches and conferences and peace talks and all kinds of ways she's been asked to share her story. And as a result, um, she's seen many people come to know God. Um, she's had loads of people writing to her um, and say that they've been inspired to forgive people, like people who've not spoken to family members for years or people in prison who are, you know, <laughs> talking about how they've on their life of crime because they can't forgive something that's happened and mm-hmm. they've been set free from that. And and for us, it was just a real way of seeing God move in that situation. And, and ultimately, I think God's faithfulness was shown to us as a family because, because we're okay. We've survived the situation mm-hmm. and we've lived through the pain um of losing my dad and um yeah we've been able to get through it um and still and yeah still see God in our lives and I think I was worried about going back to Mozambique and leaving my mum behind um but but God was very faithful there too not only were my family there to take care of her but also God provided the right friends the right vicar to help her through Mm -hmm. this really difficult time and yeah, it was a really it was a really good way of seeing how God moved and I think for me obviously I wish with all my heart that my dad hadn't died. I would love for him to be alive today and to be able to see my kids and see how they're growing and see my family and be a part of all these experiences that I'm still having. Um I would love to be able to do that, but but also I'm I'm aware that sometimes it's it's when you go through really difficult times and difficult challenges, it's hard to see God's faithfulness. Sometimes it's difficult to see how he's moving. And I think living on the mission field, I know that to be true as well. I there are times when I don't understand what God is doing. But in this particular situation, I feel like I've had the privilege of seeing him <laughs> very clearly do something incredible um, and bring just yeah incredible things out of something so sad and so for me that faithfulness was particularly tender particularly moving because Mm. it was just so clear to me yeah I think you left out an important detail Mm -hmm. (laughs) your mom was also recognized by the queen for her forgiveness (laughs) too which 
is pretty incredible. She was given a medal by the Queen of England, no less, Stephanie. <laughs> she went to a tea party at Buckingham Palace, yeah. What more could you want in life? <laughs> like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was fun. It was good. And I think all of those kinds of ways of recognizing who she was and what she's done are ways in that God has called attention to this idea that forgiveness brings freedom and mm. forgiveness brings um bring is opens doors for his love to to come through and to touch people's lives so yeah yeah and i know that as a family um we're still praying for the two guys who who did it it's not the end of their story either so yeah <laughs> Yeah. Pray that God's faithfulness will continue to to work through this whole situation. Yeah, I mean this this could have gone so so many different ways, and I think in most situations it has. Like there's evil in the world. There mm. is, you know, the enemy is at work through um, people all around us, and um, I think our lives can be changed in an instant, as you saw, and that can you can either, like you said, bring forgiveness, which brings healing, or you can just stew in that anger Yeah, where you, um, you really miss what God is going to do. And I mean, if, if your mom would have just had the natural response of anger, like nobody would have ever talked about this story again, it would have been a sad Christmas, you know, story that people would have heard. And after a couple of days, it would have been that would have been the end of it. Right, it would have died right there and then. I think mm-hmm. um, um, so many people would not have had, would not have come back to God or not have right. had this freedom in their lives. Um, and you know, all these people in Mozambique would not have access to the healthcare that they right. need. Like just the out the 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 outgoings from it are just mm-hmm. yeah. They keep on they keep on going, and it keeps on moving people and for us it's an incredibly healing and encouraging thing to be a part of yeah that's that's I mean it's it's kind of like the story of a seed that's crushed Mm. you know like it's 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 multiplied and your dad um your dad's passing could have easily been a victory for the enemy but it was so much it was so much a victory for God yeah and I think that's I mean I as much as I would hate to wish that on anybody, like what a legacy to leave. I think so. And yeah. I think, yeah, I can only imagine just how, yeah, I think my dad would have been really <laughs> pleased by the response and by the way that um, people were able to use his death to to bring something good into the world. I know that he would have loved that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um just a little changing of gears, but if you were not serving on the mission field, what other job would you like to try out? <laughs> um, I think if I was not a missionary, I would have liked to have been a writer of yeah. some kind. I like to tell stories, Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I would have enjoyed writing them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have been able to hear some of these stories and I think they're really, really funny and really good. <laughs> And I, I don't know if it's the accent that does it and tips it over the edge, but I, maybe I, is, um, is there something that you are bad at? Because clearly you're quite good at telling stories. You're good at being a missionary most of the time. Sometimes. Sometimes. 
Um, I'm very, very terrible at any kind of sports at all. Any. And I don't really have a competitive bone in my body, so I'm awful. I'm an awful team member as well because I'm not like fighting to the death for my Aww. team to win. I'm just like, meh, all right, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I've also heard you're bad at trivia. Oh, I can't remember a thing. Yeah. Like, it's an amazing. It's amazing that I can remember the story of Valentine because I've got no <laughs> memory whatsoever and I have no general knowledge at all. Yeah. At all. Well, um, I know this is kind of putting you on the spot a bit, which I probably shouldn't do, but is there any advice that you have for people listening that may be struggling with um, unforgiveness? Um, any like Anything that you'd like to say to them? I mean, I think... <laughs> yeah I think we can be kind to ourselves in situations like that and understand that it's difficult and um just keep on making the choice because it doesn't go away overnight it's mm -hmm. not gone away now like I still like I said feel robbed in many ways of this life with my father um but I think the thing that helped me like I said was trying to have some empathy, some understanding of why the people did what they did, why, what had made them like they were, what had broken in them, and how that, you know, how we are all broken before God. Mm -hmm. How we are all broken, but we are all made in the image of God. And I think, I think the only thing, the only answer that I know of is persistence, to keep going, to keep coming back to God, to keep um, yeah, daily giving it back to him as as sort of as much as we can and mm -hmm. and knowing, praying that God can open our eyes. Yeah. I think it's I think um it also makes a huge difference who you surround yourself with. I mean, if it wasn't for I mean, I know that you are come from a family of forgive people who are full of forgiveness. Mm. But having your mom there and then you know, that choice that she chose to make kind of trickled down in a lot of ways. And um, if you were, if you came from a family where that wasn't the case, that yeah. may have been a very different situation. Definitely. And I think, I think the thing there is to, to, to start small, to practice it now mm. and today with the little things that are annoying us about the, <laughs> the people right by our sides, the people whom we love, because if we can't forgive the annoying thing that our brother or our sister or our husband or our kid has done, then it's going to be much more difficult for right. us to forgive something like like someone murdering someone that we love. Mm. And I think it's good to, to practice it right now. Right. <laughs> to grow in it, mm -hmm. um, yeah, today, and to keep, to keep going and keep, yeah, keep seeing God's faithfulness in that on a daily basis, um, no matter how big or how small the event is. Yeah, I think that's that's really good. And I think in a lot of ways, um, that also ties back into your your profession, basically, you know, or your, your calling to the mission field. Like people think, and uh, when we interviewed, when I interviewed Leanna, she kind of talked about this, but like they think when I get on the mission field, I'm going to be great at, <laughs> you know, all these things that like maybe I'm not so great at back home, yeah, wherever that is, or back in you know, the place where I grew up, it's it's going to be easier when I'm out and this is my calling in life and it's, you have to practice it now or else it's, it's yeah. not going to be, it's not going to magically appear. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
sure, I know, I thought, when I go onto the mission field and I'm surrounded by, like, banana trees and huts and the bright sunshine, suddenly I'm going to miraculously be ready to live my entire life for other people and help them in any way <laughs> which yeah. I want, with a smile upon my face, glowing in the bask of the holiness of God. Yeah. And funnily enough, that did not happen, it <laughs> Stephanie. Didn't. It didn't. Fun- funnily enough, like... You do I, have banana trees, though. I have a lot of banana trees. And there is sunlight. And some very hot sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't have the attitude to go with it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's something that has to grow. Yeah. And it hadn't grown much in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least not to the depth and extent that I needed it in Africa. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming and talking to us. No, I really do. I appreciate you sharing um, about forgiveness because I think that's something that we all we all have areas in our life that we need to deal with. We have people that have wronged us on some level, mm. um, m- most people don't have the the same wrongs that you've dealt with. And, um, you know, but the hurt is just as deep. And yeah. um, I think it's really important for us to know that, that God can work great things through terrible circumstances and that our choices um, can affect how things move from there, the cycles that we create. Are we creating cycles of forgiveness? Or are we creating cycles of violence and of anger and hatred? And um, I really admire your mom and, and your family's response to um, such a horrible situation. But I really appreciate you sharing. Um, and I am just thankful for the way that God has used you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, didn't you love hearing from Allie? She is such an encouragement to me, and I loved hearing what she had to say. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to check out my page, faithfulpodcast.podbean.com, or find me on iTunes at Faithful Podcast by Stephanie Baker. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would absolutely love it if you left a review. Have a blessed week, friends, and remember to stay faithful.